That was my fault. Let's go. It is a Wednesday, a Wednesday edition. Of the, it is Wednesday, right? We'll wipe it Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I got a lot, Josh, on the docket for the show today. Don't be confused. Don't be confused by the lack of a promotional tweet yet for the program. There is a lot to get to. We have a... We have what kind of became a trip down memory lane yesterday, right? From Brent Venable's press conference to Kevin Wilson's press conference. It was pretty cool. But I have a question that I, I want to save until Thursday. I have a question I want to save until Thursday. But I at least want to workshop it with you now. You got some time off the top to workshop a little topic with me? Let's workshop. And if Taylor, who's Taylor? If Tyler and Teddy or if Taylor McManus, Parker Thune or Steelman have already done this, I apologize. <laughs> As one of Paul Rubin's characters said in one of the Cheech and Chong movies that he's in, I'm sorry. Which would lead to him saying, I'm not sorry. Whoever can tell me which Cheech and Chong movie that was wins the elusive ham sandwich today. I, for some reason, Josh, can't remember that one. Anyway, here's my question. It's a little little fuzzy. A little fuzzy. I'd love to have a conversation about how the Kevin Wilson era at Oklahoma is remembered. How it's viewed. Because, honestly, I don't know if there was a more successful stretch that the Royal we have had offensively until you know, Baker and, and Kyler jumped in here. But then when I say that, I, you know, I stop and I, you know, pretty good start, right, with Leach and, and Mangino. But, but is that... I don't know. Is that trying to get too nostalgic on a week when we should be focusing on a game? Is that a is that a conversation for another time? Is that is that something that people even have feels or opinions about, right? Is there this oh man, that Kevin Wilson era after he left to take over at Indiana in in uh, I think 11, my first year doing I never got to work on the broadcast with Kevin Wilson as as a coordinator because my first year was 11 and I'm pretty sure that was his first year at Indiana if, if Wikipedia is right but you're talking about a stretch from 2002 to 2010 and I mean that's not some short amount of time in the life of a coordinator I mean I think the average lifespan of most coordinators is what three to three to four years. And remember when he came in, what was the coach Stoops? If if this is incorrect, but this is how I remember it. I'm acting like Bob's listening to me today, but I felt like he was brought in to incorporate some of the quarterback run game that North Northwestern had done, or, or at least that was a component of his offense and that seemed, by my memory, was an area that Oklahoma wanted to kind of expand and grow. But is it even worth 
and this isn't a knock on any, I just, I'm just workshopping this, just what we do. Is it worth a conversation? Is it worth going in depth on? Or is it just kind of a, hey, I, that was cool yesterday to hear Kevin Wilson talk about the linebackers being the last guys out and Brent Venables talking about the competition with Kevin Wilson and what that was like. I mean, it was a significant stretch in Oklahoma football with a handful of opportunities to win national championships, sure. right? Including, we were just talking about this yesterday in 2003, what was talked about is maybe the greatest offense in the history of college football, and I'll even add one more to it, the greatest team in the history of college football. And he was the you know, co-OC for that. So I, I don't know if that's too much trip down memory lane. I don't know if that's, for some of you, ripping off a Band-Aid on old wounds or if it's hearkening back to the good old days or if it's a fair conversation to be had right now. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a conversation to be had. And I'd be curious to hear what a lot of OU fans think. <laughs> Sean, by the way, wins the elusive ham sandwich. Cheech and Chong's next movie is what you're looking for. Have you seen it? No, I, I've never seen any of the Cheech and Chong's. Really? I'm a Harold and Kumar generation. Um, that's right. That's right. I'm barely Cheech and Chong. But <laughs> that's whenever I saw him at, as Pee Wee Herman, I was like, whoa, it's the that coked out dude from Cheech and Chong. I'm, I'm kidding. I learned that much later in life, peeps. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, to me, there's a certain there's a certain bit of craziness when it comes to Kevin Wilson that I always enjoy. I love hearing friends of mine who played for him talk about his practice habits and his passion and how vocal he was I love hearing those t- glad I wasn't there but loved hearing the glad it wasn't me getting yelled at and Kevin Wilson for the most part if I if I'm gauging this correctly and Ted you can correct me Toby you can correct me but I think he's kind of turned down every opportunity to talk with the media I think through uh our buddy Don Thomas kind of said you know let's let's not do that I don't think it's a knock I just think it's a hey, let's Focus on OU Tolson. Let's not get caught up in the good old days. But you think it's fair to dive into that a little bit tomorrow? Absolutely. I think this – I think that's an era that is pretty special for Oklahoma Oklahoma football. And you go back, he spent a long time under Randy Walker, the Northwestern coach who, of course, um, tragically passed away, had a heart attack in, like, in his 50s. Might have been younger than that. Might have been in his late 40s. So, I'm a Kevin Wilson fan. I was shocked whenever he was hired at Tulsa. Not because I didn't think he would do the job, but I think that's a, that's a really good get for that program. And before you try to say, uh, maybe he was not going to be welcome back at Ohio State, I talk every Saturday to Bobby Carpenter, who is very, very, very entrenched in Ohio State football, and he said that couldn't be further from the truth. Kevin Wilson was absolutely wanted back. Even though he was on expiring contract, Ryan Day wanted to bring him back. Look what Ohio State's offense looks like this year. I didn't know they were having to rename their quarterback the other day. Did you? At Ohio State? I didn't re- I'm watching all the college football news shows, and it's breaking. Kyle McCord named the starting quarterback at Ohio State. And I was like, we've done this. Didn't we do this? Remember in 2020, whenever uh, we all had to go through no sports – 
and suddenly a story would just randomly become a story again with no new information. It was like they're trying to fool us. But I, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know they were doing that. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting at the very least to kind of think about the Kevin Wilson era at Oklahoma. And I think he's going to do good things at, at Tulsa. I just think it's going to take time. Like They've had to play three quarterbacks this year already. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like for Saturday for the Golden Hurricane. But, I mean, at the very least – you know, you hope that you can go back to where you were at the start of the season, even though that wasn't the greatest beginning to 2023 for Braden Braxton. But it appears like he's going to be back and he's practicing. Appears to be. Cardell Williams is dangerous with his feet. But I don't know how well he's throwing the ball right now. And Roman Fuller just, I mean, come on, man. It, he doesn't need to be in this game Saturday for Tulsa to have any success. <laughs> if you're going to look at – no offense to the Fuller family that might be tuned in. I think, you know, he needs some time. I know he's, I know he's been around for a minute, but there's still some, there's still some growing there. But it's going to take time for Kevin Wilson at Tulsa. All right, well, let's do that tomorrow then. Let's, 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 let's lay the groundwork for that tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear what the Sooner Nation has to say. Well, I've I'm sure – got an idea. you got an idea? Yeah. What, what's your idea? Sam Bradford. 2008. So, in other words, it's... Th- that's what fans remember. Rev- I mean, what's the best way to ask this? In celebration of or in disappointment that they didn't get that championship? I mean... No, I, I think fondly. Okay, okay. You know, five straight 60-point games, what that offense did. Was a record at the time? Yeah. I think it still is. I, I think fondly. Okay. How could you not? I, I agree. I agree. I don't think it... I don't think it ended poorly by any stretch of the uh, uh, imagination. But then again, I I don't know, Josh, if it was – I don't know if this was one of those sagas. Like Sometimes people leave, and when they go, they just feel like they need to torch everyone that was there when they left. Right. Right? I mean, we've, we've seen that play out. But under the Stoops era – I don't, I don't ever remember a coach leaving and having anything negative to say or anything bad to say. They're grateful for the experience. I mean, out, out, outside of maybe the way that the Hypel era ended, but I mean, Josh. That'd be the one. But Josh didn't even publicly say anything. You know, no. there was a lot of assumptions made. He kind of kept his frustrations to a very small group of people, right? I mean, it's not like there was a. Bleacher Report aggregated article out there. No, not, no offense to aggregation, Josh. But it wasn't like there was a Bleacher Report article. Josh. I'm said Josh Helmer. Josh Heupel hates Oklahoma. You know, but it's just always seemed like even when it wasn't maybe someone's choice that they they moved on with good things to say. And that was a heck of a run that Bob had early and throughout his career of people leaving for head coaches' jobs. Heupel and Mike Stoops, but Mike Stoops would have been right. after. Right, Mike, Mike Stoops, but that would have been not under Bob. That would have been under Lincoln. Right. So, Heupel, I mean, is that the only guy that really was let go? Maybe James Patton? Maybe Willie Martinez? Again, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I know I got to know Coach Patton a little bit. And he was, 
I mean, he was pumped about his next opportunity. So I don't know if that was truly voluntary or not. But even most guys leaving were getting better jobs, jobs or right. promotions. Well, let me rephrase it. I don't want to say better jobs. I want to say they were getting head coaches' jobs, sure. right? Promotions and Leach to Tech, Mangino to Kansas, Chuck Long to San Diego State, Mike Stoops to Arizona, which was the most success Arizona's had in a minute. I think they they regret that move in in firing him. I don't know. It's it's interesting to look back on that, kind of think about that era a bit. I, I by the way, wanna just w- save this until tomorrow. But Jesse G does write two things that stick out to me about Kevin Wilson. Number one, the 08 offense you brought up, and number two, the quote, "Kevin Wilson is a lion liar." Ask Steely about that one. <laughs> We will. Steel Man is due in here any minute. We'll make sure to ask him. Okay. Wednesdays are about final lookbacks. Wednesdays are about one last chance to get any Grinch or any celebration from Saturday out of the way, anything we've missed. Um, I want to add a little angle to that, though, because by Wednesdays, we have all the media availability that we're going to get for the week, right? I feel like this week I've learned two things from the media availability with the coordinator, one each, and we played them both yesterday. But let's revisit. But Yeah, that made me kind of excited about what's coming up, not just Saturday, but beyond. So I want to get to that coming up at the bottom of this hour. Look, I'm writing down the time, and I'm going to label this. This is a very uniquely labeled topic. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Things I've learned this week. No one else is doing this in sports radio, okay? Nobody. Things we've learned. Creative. Right. That's what I'm here for. And then at 10 a.m., we'll take the fine-tooth comb through the BV presser. We'll hear a little bit of Kevin Wilson from Tulsa yesterday as we count down to the Golden Hurricane and the Sooners on Saturday at 2.30. When we come back, though, Josh, a major story is playing out in college football, and it's doing so under the radar. I'll explain next right here on The Ref. Welcome back to The Plank Show. Where'd our, where'd our sheet go with all of the uh, Friday information on it? I was going to – I could tell you about it. Go I ahead. I one here. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. Friday and Saturday, Tulsa, 918 day in a roundabout way. I could tell you about pregame. Oh, okay. The Let's windy Chevrolet pregame show. 10.30 to 11.30, Toby and Ted from the booth. Plank, are you going to be able to pop in for a portion of that I mean, at all? Who would take a sheet out of the studio when that's what it's here for? I'd had everything written down on it. Just to drive you nuts. What are you people doing? Um, No, no. Yeah, I'll be in for the last, if they want me. They might be cooking. But I've got, I'm on from 8 to 11. So then what, 11 to 11.30? There you go. There? Yeah. I like it. Well, 11.30 to 1.30, head on out to Chicken and the Wolf, where you can hang out with Tyler and Travis. They'll be there for postgame as well. Uh, two hours of postgame, Chicken and the Wolf. Tyler and Travis, Chicken and the Wolf. They turn up the heat plank for the toughest of taste buds, mm. unapologetically serving Tulsa's hottest chicken. Mm. It is, uh, I was told by my man Bumpy Rhodes, B. Hines, 
who said that there are actually two locations. So that's where it's whenever Travis had secured the bag. I was like, oh, dude, you guys are going to love it's Route 66 Market. And then it was like, no, no, it's right across the street. I'm like, what? What? So that's perfect. Would you like this? I don't know. I, th- I think there's one for each studio. There's one for the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Unless somebody snagged it. Uh, by the way, speaking of making sure we take care of our sponsor obligations, two other quick notes here. Number one, we're counting down to kickoff. Your game day tailgate headquarters brought to you uh, – the countdown clock by Chick-fil-A. Three days, five hours, four minutes, and 47 seconds. Chick-fil-A, 12th and Alameda, 405-310-3189. And as always, our one is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma. Call VH Fence for a free estimate today, 405-735-1167. And tell them Bob Stoops sent you. All right, storyline that I think is going underneath. Did we get everything to it there? We're good, baby. I think we are. Storyline that I think is going not necessarily unreported. Under. Unreported? Under. Underreported. But maybe isn't generating as much buzz as I thought it did. The clock rules are viewed as an absolute disaster by most coaches. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't aware of this. Brett McMurphy who when he's not writing articles about coaches' favorite bands. Uh, wisely, I think this was brilliant. I'm really digging those, by the way. I, you know what? Low-key, I usually push back against them. They think they're pretty entertaining. Not going to lie. You know me. I'm not big. I'm now officially an old man. I'm not big on the, uh, hey, this coach likes to eat here. I don't care. Can he win football games, right? That's it. Ever since they did the Hugh Jackson manicure pedicure, and he was terrible as a head coach, I'm out. So Brett McMurphy (laughs) reached out to all 133 FBS coaches. Really? 120 participated in a survey to try to get a feel of the new clock rules, which, again, if you aren't familiar, the clock is not stopped after a first down until the final two minutes of each half. Right. That's really it. Uh, the ha- first half of the game, of course. I don't think anyone cares about the no timeouts, the back-to-back timeouts. I don't think anyone cares about uh, a play, a t- an untimed down at the end of a half. No, I mean, we're, we're, the clock not stopping after first down. Okay. 120 participated in the Action Network survey with 70 of the 120 saying it's too early to tell if they like the change or not, mm-hmm. of the 50 remaining coaches who are kind of like I would be, which is, ah, you know, it's like two or three games. Let's take some time to, to move on past it. 64% didn't like the rule. Now, I think part of that would be 64% of those are offensive coaches, and then the 36% would probably be defensive coaches. <laughs> but Steve Shaw – the national coordinator of football officials said college football games had six fewer plays in the first week compared to last year. I'm not going to lie. That really seems like a small to insignificant number. It's one series. Right? I mean, maybe I'm used to seeing 90 to 100 play offenses, but when you say you're taking out six, that to my, my fan mind is – good does that do 
It's like whenever you weigh, you know, 300 pounds and it's like, dude, lost five pounds this week. It's like, con- congrats, <laughs> right? It, it's, as my man Jeff Schwartz once said, it's like throwing a deck chair off the Titanic. What does six plays really do when the length of the game seems to be remaining the same because TV has wisely said, yeah, that's another commercial break we can throw in there. I don't care about the length of games. You know the commercial break in there. Um, coaches that have spoke out against it. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> and I think this was this isn't some sort of scoop. I think this had been out there. Where Kiffin said, Do you buy tickets to see Morgan Wallen or Taylor Swift? Are your favorite conference uh, concerts? And won a few less songs at the end? With all the issues in college football. This is what you actually made a change to. Gus Malzahn was more pointed, saying, quote, I don't like it. It shortens the game, and I think fans want to see more football instead of less. And Terry Bowden, who I completely forgot was still coaching. We've replaced football with more time for commercials. According to this research slash report by Brett McMurphy, the coaches aren't the only ones not in favor of the new rule. He had 37,000 respondents on a Twitter poll that he put up, and of those, only 20% liked the rule. 24% said it was too early to tell, but 56% didn't. Uh, An unnamed Power 5 coach told Brett McMurphy, no one was complaining that college football games had too many plays. It's all TV-driven like everything else, trying to make it like the NFL from a time perspective to sell commercials. So they have more consistency in the length of games to fit their TV windows. It has nothing to do with football or safety. Agreed. Though it is taking one series out. Even though though the design, I would wholeheartedly agree, trying to put it up on this moral high ground of – we're here for player safety. No, they're not. They're trying to sell more advertising, and they're trying to get games within a convenient window. That's right. But having said that, th- that is one of the – well, that's one of the positive side effects here is that, yeah, there, there are less plays. Steve Shaw. From a health and safety standpoint. Sure. Sure. I mean, absolutely. We, um, we mentioned Steve Shaw, the national coordinator of football officials. He seems to be pretty outspoken about this. He said the rules committee had three goals for changing the rule, keep the game moving in terms of pace, moderately reduce the number of plays per game, and gain consistency nationally with officiating crews uh, crews with all uh, clock rules. Uh, He said so far the results have been encouraging. And Brett McMurphy counters with, depending on who you ask, College football's new clock rules are either New Coke or a godsend. Like New Coke, the clock rule could be reviewed and changed back to the old rules in 2024. I just wonder, uh, you know, of those however many coaches that aren't saying it's too early to tell, mm-hmm. or really even the ones that are, are they frustrated with the stoppages being replaced by timeouts because that's really what's happening here right I don't I'm gonna be honest with you 
I haven't really noticed it. For and, and again, my focus has been on OU games, and I've watched the biggest games. I was watching, I watched all the week zero games. You know, in week one, I think what we were in eleven a.m. games, so we got all the primetime games we got to watch. There's not, I mean, even Chip Chip Kelly complaining going off the field. I was watching some of that game, and I'm like, I, maybe it's just because my mind isn't thinking like a coach to where he looks at it and goes, I only got two series, right? I th- That might be part of it, but I didn't feel like – I didn't feel like we had a situation, Josh, where we were missing too much from the game. I, I, and, again, like I said, coaches, TV networks, they look at the number of plays. But it sounds like if you've got already through two games, three in a very small – instance that you've already got of 120 coaches out of 133 you've got what's that number there 64 percent who responded and said they didn't like the rule that seems to be a pretty significant lean towards this potentially getting overturned this offseason and and that's happened before in sports I mean, we had a season where we could have instant replay on pass interference. Did not stick. Didn't stick, though it was awesome because no one wanted to overturn them, even though you watched the replay. And it was and, clearly, and it was clearly pass interference. Yeah. It's like, why are we even reviewing this right now? And I think that's what everyone eventually said. But it, it, I guess maybe my point is it hasn't really seemed to affect my viewing experience. I didn't feel like it affected the any either one of the OU. Now, one game was 73 to zip, but I didn't feel like it affected things. Maybe some of you feel differently from I, what you witnessed on Saturday. I tend to agree with you, and yet there's some that are painting this picture that they really feel all these new commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... Well, there you go. Right, right off the, the text line. Increase in the number of commercials is mm. very noticeable. Do you know what? Do you know what? That's a very good point. I didn't think about that. Let me let me let me lay this out. We had to push things to the fourth quarter that would typically be in the third quarter because they weren't able to get another break in, right? And again, that happens. But it's just then it seems as if all right, you're playing catch up. So there are significantly more breaks. Now, me I'm on the field and I'm, you know, entertained by what's going on in the stadium or listening to everyone talk at one time on the radio broadcast during the commercial break. One of those things is going on. Toby and I are just listening to everyone talk at one time. It's fascinating. Y'all should hear it. But I just, I guess that would be the one thing that you would notice if you just watch one game. If you're not jumping around. Right. Because to sure. me, when a commercial break pops on and I'm watching at home, I'm flipping over to another game. Even if it does mean I've got to exit out of an app and get into another app. Can't can't do it. <laughs> you're right. Gotta move. It's like, oh, I can't watch this commercial. And then you forget you're on one game. It's like, oh, I forgot to go back to that game. Jesse G right. So we're basically missing out on two, three and outs. Meh. <laughs> Sean says, if you're in attendance, it's noticeable and brutal. Okay, so the longer delays then with more commercial breaks. Which is, yeah, it's not great for the fan experience side. 
And that's why I was saying, you know, the coaches, outside of whether or not they they like the rule, Mm -hmm. how do they feel about has it added stoppages in their mind in-game? Because the length of the game, coaches probably don't care about that if they're in it snap to snap. Now, if you have to stall and it's not – if you know it's nothing more than a TV timeout, that disrupts the flow of a game. Mm. I mean, that's one of the things I hate about the NBA is it's like stoppage, stoppage, stoppage late. It, so here's my question with the stats that we laid out and the numbers from Brett McMurphy. Has it been overly noticeable for y'all? So far, our early results, my Twitter poll <laughs> says, yeah, I guess so. But I'd love to hear from you at 405-651-3439. Now, when we come back, Things I've learned, Josh. Now, no, nobody is doing this in radio, but from yesterday's no, Monday, Monday's media veil with Jeff Levy and Ted Roof, there were two things that really caught me, um, not necessarily by surprise, but caught my attention: one offense, one defense. We'll get to it next, right here on the ref. That wasn't quite 15 seconds away from being done. Sorry, Josh. All good. <laughs> it's. Hold on. Let me catch my breath. Hey, the uh, haircut looks very nice, my friend. Thanks, dude. I, um, it's funny because we haven't seen each other since I got it. And when I got it, I thought the lady did a terrible job. I mean, just. S- sometimes that can be a good sign. Terrible. If you think it looks awful to begin with, it usually grows in. When nicely. I came out of the haircut place, I thought I looked like a 12-year, uh, no, 9-year-old boy. With it all matted down. And she's like, is that how you parted? And I, was, I didn't have the heart to tell her no. I'm like. Yeah, it looks great. You've made me hideous. <laughs> it looks awesome. I'm going to put my hat back on now and let all my friends make fun of me. You've butchered me. Thanks. Goodbye. got to get back in to see Deb Claire. Um, oh, gosh, a lot of stuff on the text line. Let me, let me pay off a tease, and we'll get Mr. Sports in here. Two things that I took away. What I've learned this week. Number one, Josh Helmer, what I've learned. We're going to start seeing more. Of two, what's Sawchuck, 26, 28, 20? We're going to start seeing more of Sawchuck, and we're going to start seeing more of Javante Barnes. On Monday, Jeff Levy was asked about his running backs. Hey, you know, it, what a week. What, what a weekend, right? Tywee Walker was incredible. Is he your number one guy right now? I found a curious how he answered. Well, he, he had the most production Saturday, you know. So, again, I do like the fact that we got four guys. We got four guys that are incredibly capable. Uh, we've got uh, guys that have a lot of trust with the entire staff and, and I think can play at any given time. So uh, the stress, again, is being able to get two and 27 going as they've, uh, they've worked themselves back into being in a really good position. So I, maybe, maybe it was a throwaway line at the end, but they've worked themselves back to being in a very good position. Am I reading too much into that? Or should I pause in putting Tywee Walker in my spotlight this weekend? No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think that was a throwaway. I think we're going to see Sawchuck and Barnes. <laughs> I think it was too. So that was number one takeaway on the offensive side. On the defensive side, listen to how Ted Roof talks about. Kip Lewis because I I'm getting the sense more and more 
that we're going to see a lot more of Kip Lewis as time progresses. And I also think we're going to see a lot more of Kobe McKenzie. Listen to Ted Roof talk about his young linebackers. Yeah, it's hard because uh, they're used to in, in high school, you know, where you can get away with that. And, you know, where there's they're better athletes, they're better players, and to be able to peek and, and look around or jump around a block at times and get out of their gap and make a play. And they were right. But at this level, you know, you got to do things the exactly the right way or else it'll get taken advantage of. Hmm. Exactly the right way or it'll get taken advantage of. And I – I kind of think that in seeing the grades and hearing the the people, the people, Josh, talk about how Kip Lewis is grading out, seems like he's seeing things pretty good. Two things that just as I went back last night and posted all that on the Sooner Sports Podcast that you can find at Soonersports.com slash podcast, I found it interesting, interesting to just think about the more we might see of Sawchuck Barnes and Kiplos. What numbers are you looking for? Nine tackles all over the place. Kip Lewis. Second on the team right now? Well, versus SMU. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. My bad. All right, let's get Mr. Sports in here before we wrap. It's been, I was just thinking on my drive home yesterday. I haven't heard from Mr. Sports in a while. What better way to start a day than with Mr. Sports? What's up, Mr. Sports? Well, very kind words, Mr. Plank. Uh, well, it's been cow season, so I've been busy. But uh, uh, yes, cow uh, season. But never, never fear, though. I'm always, uh, always got you guys in my ear. You know, whether I can call in or text or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, going to the games, I, I really haven't noticed that much about this two minute thing. I, matter of fact, I, I think I kind of forgot about it till you mentioned it. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm all right with it. I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna stay. I I think it's a one year deal myself, but that's just my opinion. But I wanted to touch on something real quick. Just kind of go a little different direction, Chris. Okay. Just recently, I decided to follow uh, the SEC conference on Twitter. I've seen and, you. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to keep up with. I got to start learning to keep up better with these other teams we're going to be playing. You know, and stuff like this and. But I got to tell you, my friend, I thought the battles between the Sooners and, and the Texas fans was rabid. Dude, it's got nothing on the SEC. It's going to be so much fun next year battling out with these SEC fans, you know. And the last thing I'm going to say that really surprised me, and you're probably going to cut me off for saying this, but oh, I actually no. follow some Longhorn people, you know, because I got to kind of stay in the know. I've actually had Longhorn fans jumping on the OU bandwagon against the SEC fans. So, it's going to be a great season, guys. Y'all have a good day. See ya. <laughs> yeah, you're stealing someone else's bit there, Mr. Sports. I see you. Go follow Mr. Sports on Twitter. It he, will is, be uh, he is exciting. Well worth your time. <laughs> he fights with every <laughs> single Texas fan. And then somehow, in the most Mr. Sports way possible – finds a way to bring everyone together against the crazy SEC fans. He's fighting and befriending. <laughs> I do like Mr. Sports, though, commitment to the show because he lays out a take on the topic at hand and then gets to the point that yeah, he wants bravo. to make. Yeah, bravo. 
That is how you phone call. Remember when JT the Brick was on? He's like, my book, How to Be a Professional Sports Radio Caller. And people would get mad. And they're like, no, he's, he's joking. Calm down. But there it is. Hey, Hour 1 of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167. 405-735-1167. Your texts are next on The Ref. All right. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651. Three four three nine. If you're on hold, hang in there. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. All right. A, a couple of things as we welcome you back into the plank show. We'd asked the question earlier in the program. You know, there seems to be a, a pretty strong negative pushback based on Brett McMurphy's article and research as it pertains to the clock change rules. Like I said, for me, they haven't really been noticeable. Cody agrees. He writes, same for me. I'm switching apps every single commercial break. <laughs> the worst is when you switch apps and you completely forget about the other games. Like, oh, dang it, I was watching that game. If only they had this invention with a remote where you could just change channels and you didn't have to worry about going from app to app. If only that existed, Josh. <laughs> right. Shout out to TV. What's up? Uh, in stadium, it's noticeable and it's awful. From the 405, watch the first half at a sports bar. Commercial breaks seemed noticeably longer. Now, to the uh, 405, was that because, I don't know, any other factors? Usually usually they fly by with the, <laughs> the other factors. That you is don't fair. even notice the commercial break. So what? Is the game's back on? I don't like the new clock rule, writes the 918. Really sucks waiting in the stands. By the way, I know my man has to be upset about it. Because that's his first text since November of last year. Thank you for checking back in, my man. Appreciate it. We missed you. Uh, the 580 writes, yeah, it's very noticeable. Taking away possessions is taking away football. I, watched, I waited nine months for. We are basically asked to watch less football for more commercials. Ten less snaps on both sides of the ball is ten snaps your younger player and reserves don't get. That's true. Experience that is needed. You are cheating the players out of playing time. I, I mean, he's 10 less snaps on both sides of the ball. I, I think the number six. Where is he getting 20 from? I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, but that seems to be a massive jump from six fewer snaps to 20. Well, what is Action Network reporting? Six fewer snaps a game. Well, there you go. Six fewer plays a game. But... um. Luke, Luke, the sergeant of Stutzman's Army. I have YouTube TV, and they have a four-way split screen where you can watch four games at once. I remember sitting there, and I noticed that one, if not two, of the games were always in commercial. I remember thinking, dang, that's a lot of commercials. Man, I might have to be getting this uh, YouTube TV thing so I can get the multi-view. Um, there's about Saturdays. Is it pretty game. sweet? I don't know. I mean, I've, I, I'm not a YouTube TV guy. Is it, tried, is it worth it out there, people? Should I make the switch? I tried to sell that process to the family and was shot down, even though I am the only one in the family that watches DirecTV. <laughs> so I don't know how it got shot down. Yeah, you really, you really should. You're only I, uh, debating I, with yourself. I, I literally, I'm like, hey, guys, let's shift to DirecTV or maybe, you know, do the Hulu bundle thing. And everyone's like, no, no. I'm like, okay. 
Change when, is bad, rabble, rabble, rabble. I'm, rabble. The, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that watches Trek TV, so I don't, I don't know why you're fighting with me. No change, rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> All right, your call is 405-329-9000. And a fine-tooth comb through the Brent Venables press conference next.